Hello, and a warm welcome to my Asthma Spotlight podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Levy. I'm a family doctor with a special interest in asthma. My aim is to help people with asthma and also their caregivers to understand more about this disease and how to stay safe. I will share lots of information about asthma. However, I will not be able to answer any personal medical questions for which you should really consult your own doctor. The opinions I express in the Asthma Spotlight podcast are my own and they are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical, health or professional advice of any kind. Please do see the disclaimer details in the podcast description. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to everybody to this episode of the Asthma Spotlight podcast. Now there are a number of tools and applications available for people with asthma and today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Greg Birch, who's going to tell us about the digital health passport and how it's going to be beneficial for people with asthma and allergy. So hi, Greg. I'm delighted that you uh, agreed to join me today. So would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about the background and the an outline uh, of the digital health passport? Yeah, sure. And thanks, Mark. Thanks for inviting me today. Real pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, so my name is Greg Birch. My background is an A&E doctor. I work as a specialty doctor in the Brighton area. Um, worked for a long time in East London before coming down here. Um, my role here today is I'm clinical director. I'm actually co-founder as well of a company called Tiny Medical Apps. And we've developed the digital health passport over a number of years. Um, I'll go back then a little bit of the, the background of the digital health pass, but the, the, the work started in London. Um, myself and Matt, who is the chief technology officer, his background's a systems developer. So my background's a clinician within the NHS. Um, we'd been working on our own on developing some apps and some websites. We'd kind of worked around developing a learning game. Um, and we were looking for some funding within the NHS, finding it really struggling and went out, found some grant funding initially from a group called the Nominet Trust 
And what we proposed to them was to, to build an asthma learning game, to kind of gamify the learning and to, to base that around an asthma action plan. As we were starting on that, we found out that the NHS in London were looking to commission what it turned out to be the digital health passport. And it was very much aligned with where we've been wanting to take the product. We've been wanting to create a, a sort of patient-centered health record. We wanted the patients to sort of be in control of the data, um, be in control of their care plans, uh, and, and to be a sort of a node really between the different parts of the system to, to be able to join up uh, primary and secondary care. There's been a lot of challenges really in, in fitting that data model, but, but what it led to was us getting commissioned by the NHS in London um, as part of a wider package of work um, focused on, on children's asthma that, you, that, that you're well aware of, Mark, and, and, and you, were, yeah. you, were, you were key to that work. And, and some of the outputs from, from that piece of work were creating asthma standards for London, creating an asthma toolkit, asthma-friendly asthma schools, uh, and based based on the work that you've done, you know, really coming from the National Review of Asthma Deaths and the, some of the tragedies which happened in London in those preceding years, this, this was part of that package of work, um, yeah. you know, to take that forward. Well, that's interesting. And just to um, for our for our listeners, this app is available in the UK and in the whole of Ireland. Is that right? Yeah, it's right. It's it's free to download from the app stores. If you search for digital health passport, right. uh, it should should pop up in your in your apps libraries, and, and you can download and, and get started right away. Okay, so so tell us a bit about what what the app does. What does it provide for people with asthma and allergy? So, I mean, the, the basic intent of the app is to support people to self manage. That's that's the real sort of the, the crux of it. What we're looking to do is is put everything in one place as much as possible, you know, for, around those areas to, to support people. So in terms of sort of some of the features and the benefits of it, it's everybody with asthma, they should have an asthma action plan. They should have a personalized care plan. It's part of the what should be delivered to them. Sure. Uh, we, we encourage people, if they haven't got one, to get one, to go back and say, where is my plan? Um, and to either get that as a PDF or as a paper plan, in which case they can take a photo and then they can upload that into the app. Um, when people come to the app, we, we try to, within the first five minutes of onboarding, is just to sort of start getting them some value already. So we're kind of looking at elements that should be in an asthma review. So this may be support the asthma review process uh, and get people started on the app. So as we're going through, we're, we're wanting to know, uh, do they know which inhaler they're taking? Do they know that? You know, is that something they're even aware of? And if not, to find out and then to watch the correct video. Yeah. Video shouldn't necessarily be the primary way that you learn good inhaler technique. It really should be face-to-face, -face, you know, optimally. Uh, and many people will have had face-to-face -face training, but we know that over time, you know, people start to forget the, you know, the, exactly how to do things. So these videos um, produced, um, you know, on behalf of the uh, Asthma and Lung UK, approved by the, the um, UK inhaler group, you know, they're, they're, they're as good as it gets, really, and it's sort of, sort of reminded people of the technique. So that's, that's one of the first things. We want, where possible, there's some evidence that um, people who get regular medication reminders are more likely to take their medications regularly. So we want people to, right in the first stage, set up medication reminders to remember to take the preventers twice daily. How do, how do the reminders work? So if somebody, um, will the app know if somebody's forgotten to take their inhaler? 
No, not at this stage. At this stage, what we're doing is we're just popping up a reminder in the morning. So remember right. to take your preventer. Another one popping up in the evening, or if they take four times a day medication, then yeah, on those sorts of times. Okay. There is quite a nice roadmap for where we're going with the app, though, which will um, which will use the NHS login feature, which is as you use the NHS app. Um, you'll be able to order repeat medications as you can on the NHS app. But we'll go further than that. And as people order the repeat medications, we'll say, okay, this is a you know, twice daily medication, prompt you to set up a reminder twice daily. You'll say this is an AccuHaler or an EasyHaler, prompt you to watch the correct video. And then once you set up those reminders, it'll pop up and say, did you take your medication? Or did you skip it? And potentially if you skipped it, why? Um, so then we can then we can have a sort of people self-reporting that they track their medication. Yeah, just on the on the inhalers, of course, it'll it'll mention all the different kind of inhalers that somebody takes, not just the two that you mentioned. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. is yeah. There's there's a there's a wide and and obviously encouraging people to use the spaces as well when that's a, when that's appropriate. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, a, a large part of the app is really around sort of an education piece. Um, you know, there's sort of seven sort of key learning messages that we want to repeat and reinforce from you know from, from what is asthma and why is it important and you know piece about triggers and avoiding triggers and knowing what to do in an asthma attack as well as how to take a peak flow and so forth so we'll take people through a, a kind of learning journey is how we see it so also you, you've watched this video you've done the quiz now do this one yeah. um, and we'll try to reinforce just the seven key messages as well as other information about you know what to do in hot weather and what to do in poor air quality and so forth but We'll reinforce that with emails and notifications in the app, trying to bring people back to those key messages. Or if they haven't uploaded a plan, they get go back to them and say, try to upload yeah. your asthma plan. On the asthma plans, I've had a look at the app and I can see, as you say, people can upload their own plans. Now, what uh, should normally happen is if someone's medication is changed or if they have an asthma attack, the plan should be changed. Now, if someone has a plan that's changed, is it easy for them to upload the new version? Do they have to delete the old one, or how, how does that work? Yeah, so it is easy. You, you just up, upload the new one. It will store the old one, so you can keep the, the version history, or you can delete it. Yeah. Um, but I, we do think there's value in keeping the old plans. But one of the things that we learned um, when we were building the app was sometimes people had two or three plans you know in in there was a part of east london but they had a very proactive school nurse service and it was it was issuing and correctly changing plans um plans would get changed by gps and plans would get issued when someone went to a and e often people didn't know why the plan had changed and it would revert back to an old version um, right. so i think one of the things is you know not having sort of one source of truth and not having a a, a, a version control but also understand why changes were made and i think you know as we go forward we need to on the plans themselves record why a change was made to to stop people reverting back to previous plans um, so it's probably worth um, people putting a date on the plan when it is changed yeah, yeah. i think yeah. there's there's more work to, to be done with the plans at the moment as well because they're not really looking at combination um maintenance and reliever therapy plans. They're, they're very much based on the old way of doing things um, I think you know. As I know, you're a big promote, proponent of you know of changing as people as possible, as people as possible onto the combination inhalers. And yeah. I'm not sure really that the um, the plans are quite caught up with that yet. 
Yes, I did discuss different options for prescribing controller drugs in a previous podcast. Because as you say, in the UK, we don't have a national plan for using the combination inhalers, the so-called smart uh, regime where somebody would use an inhaler for both maintaining their asthma as they take it twice a day and then the same drug for relief. It'd be nice in the UK if we could get a, a national plan agreed for for using the combination inhalers. Okay, and then I suppose one of the one of the questions I, I had was really how how does this app differ from other apps that are available? Now I know your your app is one of the few that's been approved by the National Health Service. Um and are you aware of any other asthma apps that have been approved by the National Health Service? So yeah, so the the, the regulatory framework's changing all the time. There was an NHS apps library a couple of years ago and we put a lot of work in to get approved by that apps library and we're at the time yeah the only NHS uh, approved app in that library the app is library has been disbanded and we rely now on an organization called ORCA O-R-C-H-A um, which independently reviews apps um, on behalf of the NHS we've got uh, the joint highest score there with an ORCA rating of 88 um, percent you know so we're very pleased about that but there are there are a number of other apps out there yeah. Some of which uh, are paid for, and some of which have to be commissioned by the NHS. Okay. I mean, our, our sort of unique area really was the audience that we chose to work with when developing the app. So we made a conscious effort uh, to co-design the app with teenagers, with, with, you know, with, with children still at school, as well as making sure it worked for adults. Um, yeah. So we kind of teenagers got quite high standards, as you know. And yeah. if you can get if you can get them happy with the functionality of an app, you're generally going to win with the older populations as well and with their parents. And it's 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 not easy. The the first version of the app that we built, and we you know we involved um, some young people in the design, but yeah. soon after we built it, the feedback was it was it was aimed that they felt the teenagers felt it was aimed at too young an audience. It was too colourful. It was too cartoony. It was too animated, and they yeah. wanted something much more conservative and grown up. And we've learned that, you know, using kind of animation and bright primary colours, you know, works for the younger children and it works for older teenagers, the student groups. You know, they're more than happy, again, to go back to animations, but the yeah. 13 to 16-year-olds definitely want something more conservative, grown-up, proper videos, not animation. So. That's interesting. And have you found any any feedback from adults who are using the app uh, useful? Yeah, I mean, the, the feedback has been... Is, I don't want to blow our own trumpet too much here, but we've had great feedback um, from across the profession and from, from adults as well. When we were doing our initial evaluation, we struggled to recruit teenagers into the uh, the first sort of uh, evaluation in, in East yeah. London Tower Hamlets, um, and we quickly went to Bart's um, to the adult to the adult clinics there to um, uh, to Dr. Pfeffer's uh, clinic there. Because the range we were looking at was 13 to 25-year-olds. That was sort of the, what was labelled you know, young people, children and young people. Um, and from that clinic, we were recruiting people of all ages, actually, you know, not just the 20 to 25. And as I say, yeah, the, once you've got it working for teenagers, you, you should have a product that works well for adults. And that's, that's, that's been the case. Are you, are you able to track and see whether people are, are accessing the app frequently or not? Yeah, we are. Yeah, so at the moment, I mean, the the app is really still in its early stages of going live. So it's it's actually only um, whilst it's available for anyone who downloads it. You know, and I've said that there hasn't been any push or any marketing this yet. We've got mm. somewhere close to eleven hundred people now who found the app and started using it. We've 
we've done an evaluation or had feedback from 31 people in the Manchester region, which was excellent feedback, yeah. um, almost a bit too good to be true, but we paid them all a fiver and they self-selected themselves. So they were a group probably who wanted to give good feedback. But And what we'll be doing for the NHS areas where we're working with is we'll be able to break down data, even to sort of GP level, once there's sufficient users, to, so there's no problems with anonymity, show how many people have uploaded asthma plans, how many people have watched videos, how many people are tracking their symptoms regularly. Yeah. And as we go forward, um, we'll look to provide data back into the system, which is useful to help the asthma for reviews. So, for example, yeah. we could connect an asthma control test score or we can take baseline quality of life scores, which might be useful in, in research to show how the app is, is working as an intervention. I suppose uh, that was one of my questions, really, because... The app allows people to to enter their peak flow readings as well. Now, does the app record the timing of that entry? So, if somebody does a peak flow in the morning or the evening, will it will it tell when it was done? Yeah, and, yeah, it will. yeah. And is that available as a as a report that people can share with their doctors? So, not yet. At the moment, you literally have to bring your phone in, hold it up, and show you know show the graph in the review. Okay. But it's a small step um, to have that exportable as a PDF and a small step to, you know, have that. It, the kind of the collecting of the patient data and the transferring of it is, is technically relatively simple. The issues you find is when you start sending data into, into records is, is more around triage and who's going to look at that data and act upon it. So, you yeah. know, as you know, you know if, if you see someone's peak flows are, are tailing right down and you're sending that data in, automated in an automated fashion but no one's acting upon it we're, we're, we're creating a risk really because the, the patient or the family is expecting someone's looking at that data and if they're, yeah. if, if, if they're not that's uh, yeah it's, it's introducing a risk really because yeah, i suppose that's one of the values of recording information is to be able to bring it to the attention of a doctor or a nurse an trained nurse who somebody's seeing so the question i asked earlier was really what's unique about this app? What's different compared to the other apps that are available for asthma? I think the, the big unique thing for us will be when we introduce the NHS login functionality because it's it's connecting people up then to their GP record um, okay. and it's putting that in context. It's something you can do with the NHS app, but we're able to go beyond what the NHS app can do in some ways. You know, yeah. so not just order repeat medications, but track them and, and offer yeah. the right videos and, and do that in the context of a, you know, an asthma app. You know, there's, there's plenty of apps out there where you can track your asthma symptoms, you know, where you, where you can link to videos. I'm not sure that they've all been through the same kind of quality co-design, you know, with young people with audience but there's a, there's other good apps out there yeah. um you know for tracking things there's also lots of other uh, devices which come with with good apps as well you know so there's you know bluetooth ways to uh, you know track your peak flow and yeah. smart inhalers and they usually come with an app that uh, gives you a place to store your asthma plan or to track symptoms and uh, you know there's other things that we have such as air quality alerts and things like that so yeah. uh, some of the features aren't, aren't unique but it's pulling it into one place. It's connecting up to the NHS infrastructure will be the big step for us. Okay. And and tell me, what, what have you personally learned from this experience of developing an app? It sounds like a long process and you 
really struggle quite hard to get to where you've got to. So it is a difficult process. <laughs> so I think it could be summed up really in a little anecdote. We met a chap uh, called David Stables a few years ago, and he was he was the previous chief exec of a company called Emis, which is a big GP software company, and he yeah. sold it out. I don't know maybe 10 years ago and sort of set up a charity and decided to do something different with his life. But we met with him to sort of lay out our plans. This was about six years ago. And we laid out our, our roadmap for the next two years and what we were planning to do in those two years. And David quite bluntly told us that our plans were you know, at least 10 years, 10 years worth of work in the NHS. Yeah. Oh, no, this is, it's not 10 years worth of work. This is you know, 18 months development, six months billion bits of paper. Yeah. However, six years later, <laughs> we're still at least four years off <laughs> accomplishing that plan. Um, there's there's all sorts of challenges, you know, within the NHS. I mean, the, the, there's technical challenges, and they change all the time. You know, the, but yeah. most of the challenges really are, 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 are breaking into the multiple organisations which the NHS is, which all yeah. work differently and all want to sign off on their own governance. Understandably, you know, they're responsible. Yeah. So. Slightly easier now that they come back into the sort of 42 ICSs, you know, kind of more the health board model rather than 140 trusts. And I think the biggest challenge is obviously is changing the way people work and, you know, getting people to sort of see that this is a new norm. We, mm. we think bringing this kind of technology in can kind of raise the level of what we offer as standard care. There's various surveys from, you know, Asthma and Lung UK showing that lots of people don't receive what we would consider basic asthma care in the UK, yeah. particularly in this age group. Yeah. Um, so it's not just getting, making sure that people are, know what basic care they should be getting, but, but raising that level. And change takes time. I think the one thing I've learned is that everything takes so much longer than you really, really thought it would do. If I could summarise, really, the, the apps available for people in the United Kingdom mm -hmm. and in the whole of Ireland, yeah. and it provides a facility for people with asthma and allergy to record their information, their trigger factors, and also provides information for people both in writing and in video format. And there are quizzes as well to check that somebody's understood the information that they've learned. And also you've provided some video information for people. For example, I saw the one on air pollution and what you can do to help to protect yourself. Thank you once again very much, uh, Dr. Greg Birch, for joining me today. And for listeners in the UK and in the island of Ireland, this application called the Digital Health Passport is available for download um, from the App Store. This podcast will be of special interest to people in the United Kingdom and in Ireland, and I will be interviewing inventors of other asthma applications which are available in other parts of the world. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful, and I hope you did, please click the like and the follow buttons and share this podcast. Please do send me any feedback or questions to my email address, asthmaspotlight at gmail.com, and I'll do my best to answer these in future episodes.